Well, today, uh, speaking about will, God will complete what he started. God will complete what he started. And uh, whenever we think about, I think about, how the God is at work in our lives, it's, it's important that what God has begun, it isn't stopped because of where we're at and the circumstances we're going through. Because we hit a, hit a roadblock, we come to a detour, because something, everything seems to come to a halt and everything falls, seemingly falls apart, guess what? God is still at work just as much in that place as he was in getting there. Um, I, I wrote a, a, a thing to a friend of mine, and uh, it says, we, are only, we only go through the past to get to the future. <laughs> we only go through the past to get to the future. So what God is going to do in our life is still ongoing. It, we haven't reached it yet. We haven't, we're not complete, <laughs> you know? Uh, it's like the old joke that, uh, you, you know, the guy looks and looks for a woman and to be a wife and you know, his girlfriends and friend, and she becomes his wife. And after he's found his wife and he gets married, he's finished, <laughs> he's finished. He is finished. Ah, looking for the spouse. Okay, he isn't done. You know, it's just okay. Right over. You know. I know, Pastor. Don't give up your day job. Well, anyhow, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Boom. There it is. In the beginning, God created. Now, one of the things is, is to know that with creation began time. <laughs> we, we, you know, this is a kind of a far-out sermon. <laughs> In the beginning, God created time. So from eternity past to the place of beginning till the end, when the new heaven and the new earth, there, this sandwiched in between these two eternities is what we know as time. So time is something that God has created in the 24-hour day, the, the sun and the moon and the stars and all these things. Well, what God created, what did he have in mind? Was it to just, you know, hey, let me put this together and see what happens. You know, we'll just speak these things in, put these, boom, there's man, woman in the garden. You know, well, you know, there they are. They fail as well, well. But you see, God knows the end from the beginning. And you think about that for a moment. God knows the end from the beginning. Did you know we have the book of Revelation? And what is the book of Revelation? The revelation of Jesus Christ is that this is what happens in the end. <laughs> so in the end, this will take place. That there will be a, a new heaven and a new earth and, and all of, we will there, be there with God and we will be eternally with him and seeing Jesus, and we will reside with him in eternity, in heaven, in this he new heaven and new earth. But you see, he started out with, in the beginning, God created. So, with the end in mind, God created. Now, you're our life. God has an end in mind for each of us. He has an end in mind. He wants us to spend an eternity with him in heaven. That's God's desired end. That's God's desired conclusion for our life is that we will spend an eternity with him in heaven. 
Now we are going through the process of making decisions and arriving at this place where we are going to fulfill all that God has planned for our life and what God has planned for our life interacts with everyone else's life to bring about how our world unfolds. <laughs> Maybe this is too big of a topic, but, you know, it's true. And we have the choices to make. And we know, you know, some theologies, uh, they say, well, God, God knows all the choices, so we just kind of, we have no choice. You know, there's theologies that say, we don't have a choice, God knows it all, we're just pawns on a chessboard being moved around at the will of some greater power. If that were the case, then why would Jesus need to die? If God was going to just move us around so that we get to heaven or not get to heaven, that we were just going to, you know, end up in heaven and hell and, and that's all over and we have no choice, why would God die for our sins so that we might be saved? So the forgiveness of sin is something that God has given to us to help us to understand that there are two, basically, way, there are two ways of living for God or against him. And in our life, we have the Spirit of God working in us. And here we are today, here in church, we are in this place where God is at work in our life and he's inspiring us, inspiring us to believe. You know, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So God is giving to us exactly what we need to fulfill our plans in life, to fulfill our life, so we can become that person that God wants us to be, interacting with others so that we can fulfill the will of God to arrive at that expected end. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Good preaching, preacher. Yes. <laughs> I know you would say that if there were 10,000 people here. They would all go, yeah, wow, great thought. Maybe not. Okay, so... <laughs> God has a plan. God has a plan for us. Oh, all that joke with the mother and daughter? I, I, I didn't say it correctly, so you could tell probably. See, the mother says, did you see that terrible look that lady gave you? I forgot that little gave you. Did you see that terrible look that lady gave me, the, the clerk gave me as I was checking out? And the daughter says, she didn't give that to you, Mom. You had it when you came in. The terrible look. Okay. That's how it goes. Thank you very much. You remember the one, ladies, every day, I mean, not every day, husband and wife, the lady gets up and the neighbor's done her wash. She hangs it out on the line. And the neighbor looks at the, looks at the wash and says, when is that lady going to know how to clean? wash clothes. Somebody should teach her how to wash clothes. You've got to use detergent to wash your clothes to make them clean. Every time she sees laundry hanging out in the line, she complains to her husband about how that woman doesn't know how to wash her clothes and how dirty her clothes and dingy her clothes always look. Finally, she gets up one morning and looks out and she says, wow, somebody finally taught her how to wash. Her clothes are sparkling, they're nice and clean, hanging out there. Wow, that lady has finally learned. And her husband looked at her and says, no, dear, I washed the windows. <laughs> so you see, <laughs> there is a plan. <laughs> 
there is a plan and there is a purpose and it isn't the other guy that needs to clean up their act. And sometimes we don't, if we're living in Christ, it isn't so much cleaning up our act. It's a, it's a matter of having the right perspective, understanding what God wants. What does God want out of me? <laughs> what does he expect out of me? What is he, how, why don't he just do what I want him to do and I'll be happy? <laughs> you know? All I want is a $2.2 million motorhome. And he won't give it to me. <laughs> you know? Hey, what's $2 million? Hey. Did I, I told you the one about the... I'm sorry. I could, you know, I'm just going to go with the flow here, all right? <laughs> <laughs> um, the guy says to God, he's talking to God and says, God, maybe I've, I've, you said, I've said it before, but I'm almost 70, so I can pretend like I didn't say it. So anyhow, um, he goes, God, what's, what's a million dollars like to you? And God says, well, a million dollars is like a penny. The guy says, well, what's a million years like to you? And God says, like a second guy thinks for a minute and he says can I have a penny <laughs> and God says in a second <laughs> so bump. you know I really believe that this is a this is a really important day it's an important day in our life for whatever reason it's just an important day for all of us it's important to us because God wants us to know that he has a plan, he has a purpose, he will never leave you nor forsake you, and that in this very moment of time where we are at, we are surrounded by his blood, covered with his blood, covered with his presence, and in this place of being covered, we have the ability to think and to believe and to ask. Okay? We have this place where we are to ask. Come with expectation. God never says, leave your expectations at home. God says, bring to me. Bring to me your offerings. Bring to me your praise. Bring to me your expectation. And what is God putting in place? God is putting in us desires. Now, I know that the flesh has desires, and we know that there are things that are wrong desires and things like that. Well, whenever we look at the law, we look at the commandments and so on, they have given to us laws that say, okay, when your desires go in this way of breaking the commandments, you know, uh, did you know honor your father and mother, I think, is the fifth commandment? <laughs> and all those others fall after it? Honoring someone, honoring those who raise us, honoring uh, uh, others is a commandment of God ahead of the other, the other five, the other four, whatever, the other five, that, that God is, is somehow working in our life that he wants us to receive his blessing, but there are restrictions. You know, the Bible says, straight is the, um, straight is the road and narrows the gate that leads to eternal life, and few there be that find it, okay? I used to think of that as, okay, we got this doorway that fat people like me can't fit through. You know, we're squeezing through there. It's a narrow gate narrow doorway. It's not what it means. 
It means that the, the, the doorway is as broad as eternity <laughs> because Christ is the door. I am the door. That there, there is a doorway to eternity. And Jesus says, I am the door. We must pass through the door, which is Jesus Christ, and we enter into the path that, that is broad as our life is because the boundaries of this pathway are basically the Ten Commandments. They are, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and soul and mind, love thy neighbor as thyself, and you recognize that if you don't do those things, you're not on the right path. So we are not squinched, 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 scrunched, like those two back there. They're not scrunched together. <laughs> those scrunched together, squeezed together. We're not squeezed together on the road of life. We are in this freedom. We are in this place of ease. We are in this place of restoration. We are in this place where God is at work in my life, and I am thanking him for the goodness of God. Well, what about everything falling apart? So what? God is not caught off guard by our difficulties. God, who knows all things, knows that we would hit these places. These things would happen to us, happen to our loved ones, happen to these, these places. God knew all of this. And he has been with us in them, to them, through them. That we are going to go through them and going through them will prepare us for what God has for us tomorrow. The scripture that I uh, want to read is in 1 Chronicles 28.20. 20. David continued to address Solomon. Now, David wanted to build the temple. I mean, he wanted to build the temple in Jerusalem. He wanted to honor God within God. says, no, David, you can't do that. It's not for you to do. <sighs> do you want to know how messed up God is? <laughs> in our way of thinking. Who would be the next king of Israel? David. And then his son, Solomon. Who is Solomon's mother? Da, 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 da. Yes, do you know? No, she was raising her hand. I saw it. Did you, I saw that hand. <laughs> no. Who was Uriah the Hittite's wife? David sinned with Bathsheba. Bathsheba, who David had, his, had her husband killed, her son is Solomon. Now, if you and I were putting this story together, <laughs> we would never use Solomon because there is a failure of David used as an, extenuation, as an extension of God's plan and would be in the line of Jesus Christ. <laughs> but you see, God doesn't think the way you and I think. He has a different plan. We would go back and we would look at our failures and say, God can't use those failures because I blew it. Guess what? God can use anything he wants. There is nothing in your life that prevents God from doing what he wants to do through you. It's just we stand in the way of God wanting to do those things. 
our opinion, our philosophy, our belief limits what God wants to do in our life. If we had no limitations on our life, what would we be? What would God do in our life? If there were no limitations, if we would forget about being a failure, and if we would forget about not being good enough, if we would forget about how that we have made mistakes, if we would let all of that go, what on earth would God want to do with us, through us, give to us? See, I, I think these things, <laughs> you know. I think about how that God, you know, the Bible says that uh, David was a man after God's own heart. And we've often interpreted that as God made David in a very special way. He was a man made after God's heart. But if you flip that around, perhaps it isn't that God made David this way. David realized who God is, and he desired God's heart. He desired to know the heart of God. Watching sheep, using a slingshot, knocking down birds, <laughs> knocking down rocks, being an excellent shot with a slingshot. What good is that, you ruddy kid out lost in the woods somewhere with, uh, in the plains with, with uh, sheep? But you see, God, in that place where David is just flinging rocks, is a place where God was preparing him for the great giant of his life. And in our lives, we are sometimes like flinging rocks. What, what on earth is this? What good is this? What, what purpose does this have? And God is saying, keep on doing what you're doing. Seek my heart. Seek me, and you will find me, because I'm, I'm here. I'm very near you. God is never so far away as to be just near us. The nearness of God to your life is, <laughs> you know, you can't get any closer. You can't get any closer than God is with you right now. He's right there. He's right there. He's right there. Say that. He's right there. He's right here. <laughs> He's right here. <laughs> He's right here. Hmm. So David continued to address Solomon. Take charge. Take heart. Don't be anxious or get discouraged. Do you ever wonder why? Joshua, and when Joshua is uh, being encouraged by God to lead after Moses is dead, he says, to, he says to Joshua, I have it somewhere. Do you have it? That's First Chronicles. But anyhow, Joshua 1.9, well, anyhow, <laughs> Joshua says, God tells Joshua, be strong and very courageous. Be strong and very courageous. Strong and very courageous. Why would God tell Joshua to be strong and very courageous? Why would David tell Solomon, <laughs> what's he tell him? Take courage, take heart. Don't be anxious or discouraged. Why does he tell him this? Because he knows that there, he, David knows Solomon is human. God knows Joshua's saying to himself, I can't fill the shoes of Moses. I can't, I can't follow Moses. And God is saying, take courage. 
So what do we need in our life? Courage. <laughs> Courage. Courage is you get up when you fall down. Courage is you thank God even though there's seemingly nothing, no reason to. You give your life to God and know that he loves you. When you doubt, you're feeling loved, you see? God is there telling us. You see, David said to Solomon, be strong and, good, and, to, and of good courage and do it. And do not fear. Do not be dismayed. Do not rabble around in your doubts and discouragement. <laughs> so Solomon, the wisest man ever lived, had moments of doubt and discouragement. You see, what God has started, he will complete it. This journey, this world, this planet that we are on is in, a, in motion, and it is coming to a conclusion. God is not out of control, no matter who sits in the White House, no matter who sits in the Kremlin, no matter who runs China, no matter who runs North Korea, God is in charge and God will take care of everything. We do our part. We pray for our leaders. We pray for these people that seemingly don't know which direction is up. It doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter what party they belong to. It matters that we pray for them because that's our responsibility to pray for those who are in leadership to pray for those above us so that it may be well with us <laughs> so we have a responsibility so in our responsibility to pray for them we're praying for even for our own life and the people who are over us forgiving and letting go of our past God will complete it some of you have been hoping <laughs> what you've been hoping for it's taking longer than what you thought. You might be tempted to just accept things the way they are. You see, the way you are is not the end of what you are to become. You're part of this journey. You're part of going and growing. God has a plan for you. God has a purpose for you. Encouraged. Be encouraged because God is a finisher. God will complete. Did you ever try to get your kids out of bed and they don't want to get up? How about you? Did you ever not want to get up and you have to get out of bed? So what, what happens to get you up? Well, you heard this story of the preacher. Well, blew the story already. This mother's hollering up the stairs, son, it's time to go to church. He said, I don't want to go to church. Son, it's time to go to church. It's late. You're going to be late. Those people don't like me. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Son, get up. I'm too tired. I don't want to go to church. But son, you're the preacher. <laughs> I don't want to go. <laughs> uh, God knows the end from the beginning. From the very end, God is telling you what the beginning will be. From the very end, God is telling you what the beginning will be. 
while you were yet in your mother's womb, I formed you, I made you, I put in there everything that you're going to need. Why? Because God knows the end. And he knows everything that you're going to need in your life, and so he's put it in there. <laughs> so that when you run into these events, run into these circumstances, we look to the word of God and find that God is bringing to life the talents and the abilities and the strengths and the purpose for which we were created. In a few weeks, uh, I'm going to have, I know this is hard to believe, but in a few weeks, I'm going to have my 50th class reunion when I graduated from high school. I don't know how on earth I got this old. <laughs> you know, I remember thinking when I was in high school, 50 years, even the year 2000, you know, I graduated in 67, okay? So in the year 2000 seemed like an eternity away. We'll be lucky to live till, till the year 2000. And then it's like we had our 25th or whatever class reunion, three of us showed up. But, uh, but uh, here we are now, 50 years. Well, if you go back to when I graduated from high school, did I ever dream that I would be in front of people and talking and trying to inspire or bringing the word of God to, and to write a book and to help hundreds if not thousands of people know the way of, of finding God in the very most difficult places in their life. I never dreamt those things would be there. <laughs> I never dreamt, but they were in there. Just needed <laughs> the right circumstances to bring them out. Because if there was anything that was lacking in my life, it would have been writing. You know, I'm the world's worst. Just ask Rhonda. <laughs> I used to write her letters. I think she would burn them, correct them. She took them to class and said, this is what they should, this is how letters should not be written. <laughs> you know, but, you know, I know, dear, it's not true. But it's a story. It's funny, you know. I'm supposed to pick on you. You're my wife. In Joshua, I want to read verse 9 and then come back to verse 1. And this is, this is Joshua concluding. Moses is telling, trying to tell Joshua, you're going to take over. You're going to run the country. There's 2 million people. You're out in the middle of the desert. And we're, the land that you're going to live in is over there. But don't worry. It's full of all the people who hate you, and they're going to try and kill you. So don't worry about it. I want to tell you what you're going to do. You're going to go over there and take the land. Okay, so I'm going to die. <laughs> Moses is saying, I'm going to die. We've been in the wilderness for 40 years. Now it's your responsibility to go in there and take the land, so don't worry about it. How many is going to sign up for that one? <laughs> We're not going to sign up for that. Well, verse 9 says to Joshua, Haven't I commanded you strength, courage? Don't be timid. Don't be discouraged. God, your God, is with you every step you take. See, things don't change. God promises, instills, and gives, and then we have the, the story. After the death of Moses, the servant of God, God spoke to Joshua, Moses' assistant. Moses, my servant is dead. Get going. <laughs> Cross the Jordan River, you and all the people. Cross 
to the country I'm giving to the people of Israel. Okay, this is a gift to you. Now, I like gifts when people hand them to me, I unwrap them and go, oh, right? I don't like gifts where I have to go do something. <laughs> you know, if it's a gift, then I don't need to go and do that. You're just going to give it to me. But this is what God is saying. I'm giving you every square inch of the land you set your foot on. Oh, there's a restriction. You got to go sit your foot on it. Not sit, stick. There it is. Put your foot on it. That means you have to do something to fulfill the will of what God has given you. Now, just as I promised Moses, what I promised Moses, I'm promising you. What I promised Moses and what I promised Joshua, God is saying, I promised you, each one of us. Okay? From the wilderness and this Lebanon east to the great river, the Euphrates River and all the Hittite country, all then west to the great sea, it's all yours. Now, Every promise in the scripture belongs to us. Now, we have to know what promise belongs with what situation. You see, we just can't go through and quote anything we want. We need to pray and understand that God has a purpose for our life. And then in that purpose, we recognize God has given us a promise. Whenever we feel that we are lonely and not in the right place, God has said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. God says that I will direct the steps of my people, the righteous one. So we need to pray and understand that God is directing our steps. All right. It's all yours. All your life, no one will be able to hold out against you in the same way I was with Moses. I will be with you. I won't give up on you. I won't leave you. Strength, courage. You are going to lead the people to inherit the land that I promised to give their ancestors. <laughs> what if... This being a very special day, God has given to each one of us the promise of what he has given to the people who sat in these pews, founded this church, brought the gospel to this community, who believed that there was a purpose for God in the community of Winber and Johnstown and Richland, that all of their prayers are now coming to rest on us. <laughs> well, God, you could have had more people. You could have had a whole bunch here. We, God doesn't, God works through us. So God is telling us that we are promised and God is going to give us the answer. Now, give everything you have, heart and soul. Make sure you carry out the revelation that Moses commanded you, every bit of it. The revelation that God is with you Never leave you nor forsake you. Everywhere your foot trods, God is going to give. Don't get off track. Straight is the path, narrow is the way. Don't go breaking the commandments, stealing, killing, all that kind of stuff. Don't get off track to the left or the right so as to make sure you get to where you're going and don't for a minute let this book of the Revelation be out of your mind. See, we would think we're out of our mind to believe that God is going to do a great work through us. God is saying, no, don't let the revelation out of your mind. What God has revealed to you, keep going with it. Ponder, meditate on the revelation day and night. 
making sure you practice everything written in it. Love God, love people, accept his blessing, be covered by his blood, walk in the presence of God, knowing that nothing can stand before you because you are walking in the spirit and God is going before us. Then you'll get where you're going. Then you'll succeed. Haven't I commanded you? Strength, courage, don't be timid, don't get discouraged. God, your God, is with you every step you take. Amen. <laughs> Stand, shall we? <laughs> Every step we take, every step you take, God is with you. Then he says, every place you step, I will give you. So what, what, what are our expectations? Where do we want to go? Forget about your past. Forget about where you've been. Forget about your education or lack of it or how good you are or how bad you are. Forget about all of that and recognize, I have a plan for you. God says this. I have a plan for each one of us. Now, it doesn't mean you're going to sell everything and go to China. <laughs> it means that you are going to be right where you're at and allow God to work in your heart and mind and bring this place that you are in, a very secure place, a place of peace, a place of strength, a place where I know that God is at work in my heart, in my mind, in my soul, in my hands, in my speech, where I walk, God is at work. God is at work. Well, what if I'm not conscious of God every day? It doesn't matter if we're conscious or not conscious. We make this unconscious of God's presence, that I know that God is with me. I am safe in his presence. Nothing can harm me. Nothing can come into my life. The hedge of the Lord, he will build a hedge about us, about our children, about our families to protect us and that he will keep us and we will walk in strength. We will walk in divine favor. We will have the presence of God and the power of God in everything we say and do, whether we realize it or not. God is moving through our hands, moving through our feet, moving through our words and our touch. person asked me this week, what do you do in patients' rooms? What do you do? I say, my one effort is that when I am with somebody, when I pray, they may sense God's presence. And if they can feel God is present, then they're safe. Another person this week I was praying for, and she looked at me and says, oh my, it's you. I was like, what are you talking about? And she said, you're the one that they say comes and prays for people in hospice. And it's very, and she was like, wow, <laughs> me? You're the one who comes and prays. And it's like, you know, before God, I don't, I want them to feel God's presence. That's our life. Feel God's presence. In that presence, you will have courage. You will have strength. You will know that nothing can separate you from God. 
And God has a plan and a purpose. And this day, this moment, this place, this time is very, very special to you and to God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus, that we are here. Thank you, Jesus, that you will bless each of us. Thank you, God, that you will provide, protect, you will bless, you will restore, you will revive, you will renew us, you will give us strength for each day, each step of the way. God, no matter what we encounter, that your presence goes before us, and God, you prepare the way. We thank you, God. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Amen? Thank you, Lord. Let's all say it. Thank you, Lord. Amen? Amen. Thank you, God.